As we come today, I want us to spend some time as we're making our way through the book of Acts to look at the ascension of Christ. We've been making our way slowly through, and today we're to the exciting point where Christ ascends up to heaven. He's just, last week we talked about him giving his final words to those disciples and followers, and today we're going to look at his ascension up to heaven. I want to share a little story with you, but as we get ready to begin of when I was a young child, uh, many of you might know, some of you might know, but I was a boy who loved his mother very much, and I still do. But my mother and I were very close. We did everything that we could together, and I would often go with her clothes shopping and would help her pick out clothes, and we would do all sorts of things together, and we were so close. But there was this one day, my mother was getting ready to take a trip with the church that I grew up in, and this would be the first time in my life that I had had any extended period away from my mother. I was quite upset. Uh, sometimes I was not even consolable, possibly, at, at moments, just thinking of my mother being gone, and I'm not able to be there with her. I'm not able to be there to talk to her. But you know, it was necessary for us to be separated for a, a period of time. She needed to take this trip with the church. It was going to be good for her. It was going to be good for me even though at the moment it probably didn't feel like that, that I was going to be separated from my mother, but there was a necessity to it. But as we went to the airport, my mother getting ready to get on the plane, and I'm standing there back in the day that you could go all the way to the terminal, and up in Shreveport Airport they had these big glass windows, and you could see the plane there as the people getting on, and then taxing off and taking off the runway, and I became very fixed on that airplane. And as that airplane went down the runway, and it took off of the runway, and it went up into the air, and it began to go further and further and further until I could no longer see the airplane. And I was so fixed just looking there and so upset that it took maybe a little bit of, of rebuking from my dad to say, hey, we've got to get back here. The plane's gone. The plane's fine. She's going to be safe. She's on her trip. We can't stay here the whole time, son. We have things that we need to do. And my dad took me and he brought me back to reality. And I love my dad and he was there. And we began on a journey, me and him, of, of making some bond. Of course, it's still not like mom's. But dad and I and my other two brothers, we had a, a great time, and people in the church would have us over for dinner because, you know, back in those days, mom's the one that did all the cooking. Mom was gone. We <laughs> needed something to eat. So we had people that would bring us over different nights, and they would feed us supper and make sure that we were taken care of. But you know, there was also that time that she was coming back. And I was looking forward, and I was anticipating that, and I wanted to be ready for that. I needed to have my eyes fixated on her uh, coming back, and my dad would constantly have to assure me she was coming back. She was only going to be gone for a little while before she would return. 
Today I want us to open our Bibles, if you have them there with you, to the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. And I want to talk today to you about the ascension of Jesus Christ. And there's three aspects that I want us to take from this as we look to understand what it means even for us today. If you're able to, if you would please stand uh, where you are, take your Bibles, and let's read God's Word together. Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him and out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you watched him go into heaven. Father God, thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Father, I thank you of the richness of the gift that we have. Father, what we receive by hearing your word, by reading your word, Father, your word helps us to seek you more. Your word helps us to find you more. And your word helps us to understand, Lord, how to love you more. Father, I pray that you would help me to step aside. Lord, would you speak through me? Lord, would you fill me with the power and the anointing of Holy Spirit right now, Lord, for a time as this? Lord, that I may proclaim your message, not mine. Father, may people listening hear your word correctly. And Lord God, I just praise you and I thank you, Father, for your word. And Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious in the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I love that word from Scripture in the Psalms. It talks about, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. That's what I pray that God does for you today. You know what? Let me repeat that for you. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Would you say that right now with me as a prayer to God, asking him to do that in your life? Let's go. I'll say it and you repeat after me. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Lord God, I just pray that you would do that for us today. Father, I just pray everything in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. If you remember where we're at here in our book of Acts is... Jesus has been crucified. He's been resurrected. He has now spent 40 days uh, being seen on the earth for different people, different times. He's made an approach uh, to the apostles and to others that knew him. He made other appearances. Many people saw him during these 40 days. And at the conclusion of these 40 days, he has taken them out to the outside of Jerusalem, and they began to make their way toward what was called Bethany. And there he gave his last words that we looked at last week to his disciples. And now what has just happened, as he's finished talking to the disciples, he begins to be lifted up off of the ground. He begins to be making his way up to heaven as the clouds surround him and engulf him and take him all the way up to heaven. And then there were some angels there 
and appeared before those that were standing there and began speaking to them. What does this have to do with us today? Jesus loved his disciples. He was there. He brought them out with us. He has ascended to heaven. The first thing I want us to look at, the number one thing I want us to see is that the ascension was necessary or the necessity of the ascension. The first thing, the necessity of the ascension. And we see there in verse 9, And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. There was a necessity of the ascension. It was very important that Jesus ascended to heaven. The disciples and many followers were hoping that this would be the day that Jesus would stay on earth, that Jesus would take his kingdom back, he would overthrow Rome and the Roman government, and that he would begin to be a ruling king here on earth. But that's not the plan that God had. Jesus had a mission on earth. And his mission was to come as a child, be clothed over in flesh, and live a life, be raised up, live a perfect life, to go and to die on the cross to pay the price for your sin and for my sin. It was very important. It was necessary that he went up. One of the things that makes it necessary or the necessity of the ascension was the symbol of his work on earth was completed. Jesus was sent to earth with a mission. His mission was to die on that cross so that you and I might have a loving relationship with the Father, that his blood would be shed so that we could be covered in it, we could be cleansed, because we could never on our own earn our salvation. There's nothing we can do for that. But Jesus' mission was to come and to die so that our relationship could be restored, that the price of our sin could be paid, the sin debt could be paid in full, and then Jesus was to raise up out of that grave to be a risen Lord and Savior. Amen. It was necessary that he ascended back to heaven to show us that his task on earth had been completed. We see that over in Mark 16 and 19 where it says, So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to see that. He sat down at the right hand of God. His work on earth was finished. When we go out and we spend time working in the yard and we mow in the yard and we come in and we're finished and we take our shower and then we sit down in a chair, we have said, I am done. The task at hand is completed. Jesus' task and purpose on earth was completed. There was a necessity of the ascension to show us that his job was done because a loving father would not have left us until the job was done. The son completed the job, he ascended to heaven, and he is now sitting at the right hand of the father. It was also a necessity of the ascension because Jesus is in heaven now interceding on our behalf. Jesus is not walking the face of the earth anymore. Jesus has ascended to heaven, and he is interceding for us. And we see that over in the book of Hebrews. 
in chapter 4 and verse 14. Would you read along with me? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been baptized in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus Christ has passed through the heavens. He has ascended up to that heaven, and he is there now interceding for us. He is the high priest. He is the one praying to God. You know, in those days and times when you just you feel overwhelmed and you can't come up with what to say and you just kind of have those groans that come from your heart, your high priest, Jesus Christ, knows your heart. And he, because of the ascension, is now able to sit right next to God and he is interceding for you and I. He is filling that role of high priest. They would have understood this in Luke's day uh, very well. As they understood, they had a high priest, the one that would go in, and he would be the one that would go to the throne of thrones, the holy of holies, and he would intercede for the people. But because Jesus came and died on the cross, we no longer have to have an earthly person being that one to intercede. We can go there, but when we can't just quite get the words out, Jesus Christ himself is the one that has passed through the heavens, and in our weakness, he understands. And Jesus Christ is right there, interceding for us to the Father. Also, probably one of the greatest, I hate to ever say greatest as it's any greater than the others because they're all magnificent, but the necessity of the ascension was also very important because the Holy Spirit could not come without that happening. The Holy Spirit, the one that comes and resides in each of us, the one that we're baptized into that one spirit, the one that gives us power, could not come to earth until Jesus had ascended. It was a necessity of the ascension. Jesus must ascend to heaven if we wanted to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus often talked about the Holy Spirit coming, and he said that he and the Father were going to send that Holy Spirit, and that he must go there. Let's take a look at how the Apostle John wrote it, probably the best, in John 16. Beginning in verse 5, Jesus was talking and he said, But now I am going to who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Let me just pause there just a moment. You see, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He told them he's fixing to be leaving. They wasn't worried with where he was going. They were saddened because he was leaving. Just like when my mother was getting ready to leave, it really didn't matter to me where she was going. I was just sad because she was going. Now, let's pick back up there in verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he 
when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Holy Spirit must come. The Holy Spirit can reside with everyone all at the same time. The necessity of the ascension was so that the Holy Spirit could come. Jesus was going to send the Holy Spirit, and we need Holy Spirit for power, but we need Holy Spirit because He's the one that convicts men of sin. The people then didn't believe that Jesus was who He said He was. He had to go away so the Holy Spirit could come, and He could begin to convict men and women and boys and girls that they were sinners and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It was a necessity of the ascension because we would not have that conviction today to understand that Jesus is who Jesus said he was. We wouldn't have the conviction of what sin is and when we do things wrong. But not only that, he also come concerning righteousness. He's the one that brought the righteousness. Jesus died and because he went to the Father and no longer sees us, we get his righteousness and judgments coming. The Holy Spirit is going to come and be with us because the ruler of this world has been judged. There was a necessity of the ascension so that we could experience the great love and magnitude and power and conviction and presence of God in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope that you are excited about that. Jesus had to ascend to heaven so that those things could take place. Without Jesus' ascension... The Holy Spirit could not have come. Without Jesus' ascension, we wouldn't have had all those wonderful things. But what else can we see in this text here by Luke but is the rebuke of the ascension? The rebuke of the ascension. What do I mean by the rebuke? It was very important here to understand. Let me read to you out of verse 11 there in Acts They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? These angels, Jesus has gone up, he's gone away. They're still looking up there. And these angels appear and say, men of Galilee, why are you still looking into the sky? The angels had to quickly take their attention from the sky and bring it back to what they were to do. The angel had to get their attention off of this miracle. Can you imagine being there? And Jesus just began, as we would say, float and go up into heaven and a cloud take him up and he disappeared. Wow, what a magnitude. What power. But the angels quickly had to get their attention. Hey, men of Galilee, listen here. Hey, hey, hey. Why are you still looking up there? Look down here. You're still on earth. You know, when my mom took off in that plane, that plane went up into the sky, I stood there looking and looking and looking. And my dad had to quickly bring me back to here. Hey, we've got to go. There's things we have to do. She's coming back. This rebuke of the ascension, the first thing is that they were staring into the clouds. What I love from my studies in this, and we often see in Scripture, is that when we see clouds in Scripture, it often represents the presence of God 
or the time of God's showing up. Jesus didn't just begin to ascend into heaven and lift up and lift up and lift up and then was out of sight. A cloud come, and I can just imagine just wrapped around him and carried him up to heaven. Can you imagine that maybe Jesus there as that cloud just begin to wrap around? Maybe it was God wrapping his arms around Jesus. That's not biblical. That's just kind of my interpretation or, or take on this. But God's presence often showed up through a cloud. We can see that in the transfiguration when Luke was describing over in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9 and verse 34. They were up on the mountain. Jesus was praying and there were some of his close men there. In Luke 9, 34, Luke records, While he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. The voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Do you see that there at 35? Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. That's God speaking. They were there and the cloud came. And anytime we see that cloud, so often we see it representing God. And God spoke out of that cloud. We also, over in the book of Exodus in 24, 16, when Moses goes up on the cloud, it says it this way, The glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days and on the seventh day he called to Moses from the midst of the cloud there it is a lot of times we see clouds in scripture and they're representing the presence of God or God showing up so here these disciples are watching and staring up into the clouds seeing this magnificent miracle and their eyes focused on the cloud but if they would have stayed there they would have never been able to do what the Lord called them to do. They would have never been in the right place at the right time for the Holy Spirit 10 more days from now on Pentecost to come upon them because they were focused on that. So the angels had to get their attention back to where they were at. We also see there the presence of the angel. The angels are the one that did the speaking there in Acts when they said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Angels, messengers of God. Oftentimes when we see the angels around, they show up after a miracle to do an explanation. Remember when Jesus resurrected from the grave? He was gone. The grave was empty. The ladies came to the grave What do we see? We see angels standing there, and they're giving the message, the one you're looking for is not here. He's risen. Oftentimes, we see angels show up to describe what just happened. Mary was given news by an angel that she was going to give birth to a child. An angel appeared to Joseph, say, Joseph, it's okay. This is a miracle. This is what's going to happen. Holy Spirit and God are going to come through the shadowing of God over Mary. When the baby Jesus was born, angels appeared in the sky proclaiming the good news. 
The angels are the messengers of God, the ones here used to do this. In Luke 24, verse 9, we see how Luke recorded that. 24, verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothes. The dazzling clothes, the white clothes we often see, a sign of purity, a sign and symbol that they were from heaven. And the women were terrified and bowed their face to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and the crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his word. There it is. The angel told them what had just happened so that they could remember in verse 9. And returned from the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven, to all of them. Amen. The angels were there to give the message. But they had to redirect their attention. They had to bring them back because the apostles and those on that mountaintop had a very important job to do. They had to go out and to be witnesses about what they just saw. You've got to get off the mountain. It's time to go. Let's get back to work. They had to be redirected. Stop looking up into heaven. Why are you still looking there, it says in Acts? Because the angels needed to redirect their attention. The rebuke of the ascension, stop staring. He's gone. He's going to come again, but you've got work to do. Let's come back to earth. Not only do we see the necessity of the ascension, the rebuke of the ascension, but I love next, we see thirdly, the assurance of the ascension. The assurance of the ascension. This ascension was no ordinary thing, and it had a purpose It had a strong and magnified purpose. Let's look there, verse 11 again. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. The angels assured that Christ would return. It's not just a nice idea. It's not a fantasy. It's not just a thought. Christ is going to return. They said, you've seen him go. He's coming back just like that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus is coming back. The angels assured them of that. We have the assurance from God's word that he's coming back. Jesus talked about going and coming back. A whole book of revelations is talking about the end times. And when Jesus is coming back, there is a wonderful assurance of the power of Jesus' coming back. He would come back. And we see also in there that Christ will return Christ will return just as he went. It said that there in that verse 11. We'll come in just the same way as you have watched him go. What does that mean? 
Christ is going to come. It won't be a figment of anyone's imagination. He will come back in bodily form as a Christ, just the way we saw him go up in the clouds. He's coming back in the clouds with the presence of God. He's coming back in his bodily form. Over in Revelations 5 and verse 6, we see this. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Out on that Isle of Patmos, he was seeing these visions that God was allowing him to see as he was taken up, trying to describe best how he could. And he said he could see the one, the lamb standing as if slain, the marks, the hands feet as if he was slain christ is coming back in bodily form and amen the next thing i love about this that christ is going to return just as he went it's going to be visible it's not just going to be boom and done it's going to be visible people will be able to see it in matthew 24 and verse 30 it says and the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. They're going to see it. It's going to be a miraculous event when Christ returns. The ascension assures us of that through the angels. He's gone to heaven. He's going to come back again to take us home. But for us, We also understand the assurance of the ascension must motivate us for faithful service. Let's look one more time in the book of Luke, how Luke records in verse chapter 12 and verse 34. Chapter 12 and verse 34. Jesus is speaking here again and says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table, and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch, or even in the third, and finds them so blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. In verse 40, You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. We need to be about the Father's business. We need to be working. Christ has ascended, so from the moment of that assurance of the ascension, we know that Christ could return at any moment. As believers, we need to be motivated. We need to be faithfully about His work. We need to be faithfully about worshiping Him and serving Him and living a life to the fullest. Because he is coming again. We don't know when. They've been waiting for 2,000 years. They thought when he went up, he was going to be coming back quickly. 
No one knows, the Bible tells us, not even the Son of Man, when God is going to send His Son to gather His people. When time is no more, when there's no more chances, we need to be motivated about sharing the gospel. We need to be motivated about loving. We need to be motivated about sharing the good news. Amen? We have the assurance. You see, from these few verses, we can see the necessity of the ascension. We can see the rebuke of the ascension. And we can see the assurance of the ascension. And we know through that assurance that he's coming back again. And what a glorious day, hallelujah. That will be what a glorious day. You know, my dad assured me that it was necessary that my mom go on this trip. And she took it, and she had a wonderful time. He had to rebuke me a couple of times to bring me back, to get my attention back on what it was, and he always assured me she was coming back. And let me tell you what, church. That day of her her return, unlike the return of Christ, we knew when it was. We went to that airport. I'm standing there at that big window, and I'm looking out as all these planes are coming and landing, and all these planes are taking off. And then finally, finally, one come and it pulled up to that window where we were at. And people began to come off that airplane and a glorious reunion when my mother come off and I was able to wrap my arms around her and to spend that blessed time. What a wonderful time it was to see her again. But that pales in comparison to the day when our Savior Jesus returns for us. And we get to wrap our arms around him. We get to love him more. We get to see him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Such a wonderful time. It's there a lot in this ascension. Father God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your love. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for this time that we can spend with you. Father, fill our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, would you be about your work? and touching to us right now. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your Son, Jesus.